Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. So December 20th rolls around, and we get the news. Clay Buckles has been traded to the Philadelphia Phillies from the Boston Red Sox, and we did all of it. We did the analysis. We did the articles. We did the podcast. And then spring training came, and we did another podcast with a guy who – Buckholz was traded for minor league infielder Josh Tobias. The phone just started blowing up. I was like, I was like, oh, I knew it was Clay Buckholz. I was like, geez, that's crazy. <laughs> but the one guy that we hadn't talked to was Buckholz still. So I went up to Clearwater to try to find Buckholz and sort of get his side of how things were going and how the whole thing shook out. And while in Clearwater, I also got a chance to talk to the Phillies GM, the guy who actually traded for Buckholz, Matt Clintak. And Clintech explained a little bit about how this whole thing shook out and, and also how the Red Sox identify the guy they got for Buckholz. When did uh, the Clay Buckholz get on your radar in terms of actually trying to acquire him? So we actually uh, toyed with the idea last July. As you guys will remember, he wasn't, you know, for the first half last year, he wasn't throwing great. Um, so we had we had looked at it as a chance to, you know, particularly if, if we traded Hellickson, which we did not, but... Uh, particularly if we had traded Jeremy to add Clay into our mix as a as a veteran, and to just watch him and and work with him over the final couple months of the year to see if uh, if if it would be worth picking up the option, um, that trade never came together. Uh, we continued to watch him over the second half, and and as you guys again well know, you know he made a lot of adjustments in the second half, and um, he was pitching exclusively from the stretch, and he throwing slightly different mix of pitches and working up in the zone a little bit more, and. Um, and it and it worked. You know, he was obviously a lot better in the second half. So um, we were tracking that to see if Boston would exercise the option, and they did. Um, and then we kind of had off and on conversations with Dave, um, you know, in the fall and pulled the trigger in, in December. But, um, you know, we're hopeful and, and, you know, cautiously optimistic that some of those adjustments Clay made last year may 
uh, you know, may hold this year, and, and hopefully he has a good year. Well, I was I had the pleasure of actually having a long conversation with the guy you traded for Buckles, Josh Tobias, which he actually is a pretty fascinating guy. Yeah. If you fall into a black hole, it actually is an illusion because you don't know what happens in there. Gravity gets all mixed up, and time gets all mixed up because time's relative. But, you know, there was a, more of an element of Tobias as a minor leaguer who's somewhat of a work in progress, but there was also the, the financial aspect of it. You guys picked up the entirety of Buck Holtz's contract. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Dave was, Dave's, <laughs> Dave's good at what he does, which is the you know, reason he's been, he's been as successful as he has for so long. But, you know, he, he knew what he was looking for, um, and obviously both in terms of the type of the player or the type of player he was looking for in return, but also in, you know, I think uh, unloading some of the money. So, uh, you know, once we... You know, once we got to the, you know, within the within the red zone, we were able to put the deal to, to bed pretty quickly. But, um, but you know, Dave Dave's pretty good to work with. I'm sure you've heard that from others. But he's he's pretty straightforward, and you know, when it's time to make a deal, he makes a deal. Then there was the conversation with Buckholz himself and what he thought about the whole deal. Did he expect the trade? What he thought about the trade? What he thought about his time in Boston? What was the toughest time for him? as a member of the Red Sox. It was about 15 good minutes with a guy who a lot of people rode a pretty wild roller coaster with for the last 10 years. All right, we're in Clearwater, so there's no better person to touch base with than Clay Buckholz, who we've touched base with many a time, but I've never touched base with Clay Buckholz while he's wearing number 21 Phillies uniform, uh, sitting in a Phillies clubhouse, wearing Phillies red. Uh, it, it is a little bit strange <laughs> seeing you in this setting. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it, it took a couple days to get used to, but, you know, uh, all in all, uh, like I've said hundreds of times, like it, I understand the business side of, of baseball, and it was a business move, and uh, I think it's, it's actually allowed me to step back and take a deep breath and actually look at, look at the situation for what it is, and that's, uh, you know, new club, new, new fresh start, another chapter, and... Uh, looking forward to it. I'm I'm pretty pretty excited about about what this team can can do, and hopefully uh, everybody stays healthy. And I think that's the number one key. Where did it hit home? Give me the moment it hit home where you're, you're like, obviously, you know, you you get traded. I mean, that's one thing we can talk about that. But when you're like, holy crap, I'm wearing a different uniform. I'm in a different club. Was there a moment where you're like, this is this is a whole new chapter? Yeah, it was probably the first day when I walked in here. You know, like new faces. Uh, a lot of a lot of names that you got to remember all over again, and uh, you know, fortunately, I've I'm, I'm been around for long enough to know to know a, a bunch of people in the clubhouse uh, from just playing against them or playing with them. You know, uh, Vieto, you know, have have him, Doc, Holiday. So there's there's it's not a completely new scene, but uh, yeah, new uniforms a little different. Like I said, a fresh start for me. I was able to take a deep breath and and. Uh, you know, the sense of complacency being in the same place for, for an extended period of time. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, the everybody remembers you for what have you done for me lately type of scenario. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of over now. Now I can start over here and, and, and uh, get off to a good start and not have to worry about really anything from years in the past or what's going to happen in the future. Just go day by day and pitch by pitch. And that's... Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what makes this whole game exciting. Well, that's the thing. So, you know, you went through a lot in Boston, a lot of good, a lot of bad. 
and and you're trying to make the best of it and you try to <laughs> weave in and out of of being good and, and struggling and uh all kinds of different stuff and now you get here it's sort of you take a step back like you take a deep breath and you go wow you know i don't have to ride that roller coaster anymore right yeah i mean that's uh that's one thing that I've always said about about playing in Fenway, playing for Boston, putting that uniform on is, you know, when when the team's good and you're doing good, it's the best place ever to be. And uh, the the amount of respect that you get for just wearing a Red Sox jersey in New England, it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a giant leap for a lot of people. But I was fortunate enough to be around there for for a long time and be around a bunch of great players, got to learn a lot from, from a lot of guys that I grew up watching play the game. Uh, and, yeah, it's a, you know, it's sort of a, if I wanted to write a book later in my life, I, I, I probably could. It's, you could. And because, again, we forget how long, we don't forget, but you were in with the Red Sox for a long time. And, and, and that period, I think, from 2007 until last year, I mean, we're going to look back at that and be like, holy crap, that was a lot of shit happened then. Yeah, yeah it, it, really, it really did, you know. Uh, and it's easier said than done sometimes to, to look at it and, and say, you know, uh, yeah, the bad, the bad things weren't nearly as bad as sometimes it was made up to be. Uh, well, what what was the tell me the wor- the lowest point for you in Boston the worst time because like you said you had some highs and you had some lows but what was the for you the worst time? probably my my first out coming out of camp in two thousand eight you know uh, had I was probably at the highest point in a career that you could you could have coming in as a rookie did some pretty special things got to be a part of a World Series team my first year and then came into camp didn't throw well in 2008 in spring training but still made the team out of, out of camp and uh you know i uh, got sent down to double a and in the middle of that season and that was uh that was a shell shock for for me it was uh there was only two ways to go about it either you know suck it up and swallow your pride and get better or you can sulk about it and uh you know i felt like i came back from that and that that made me a better person better player and that's uh i think that's one of the reasons why i'm, why I'm still still here today because i know that the bad times don't necessarily define you as a as a player or a person. You got you got to learn from them, and I feel like I did a pretty good job of that for the most part. And it's uh you know it's 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 tough to struggle at a game that you've never struggled at ever in your life, and that was the that was the shell shock of it. It's the first time I ever struggled was in the big leagues, and it's hard to it's hard to come back from that. And found a way to do it, and you know. Here I am today. So that prepared you because honestly, you know, I, I can pick other spots, you know, including last year where you struggled and, and, and you came out of it. So I, I guess what you're saying is that that sort of helped you for these other bumps in the road. Absolutely. You know, uh, like I, the way I looked at it last year was, you know, I'm struggling. I'm still making good pitches sometimes and they're still getting hit. And there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about that except to try to get better and Watch video, talk to people, talk to the coaches, let the staff help me in the ways that they're that they're getting paid to help, and that's uh, and that's sort of that's sort of how I, how I took it. You look at you you had a lot of buddies who went through there, well, Aki, Beckett, um, a bunch of other guys. Do you look at how Boston was now? Can you take a look back and and say either 
you know, and I, I understand that Boston's a great place to play. Like Nick Punto said, from seven to ten, there's no better place to play. But that the, the fair or unfair, challenging or just just a different place. You look back at sort of what they went through, and now that you're out of it, how do you see playing in Boston? That whole thing. You know, I mean, it, I'm I was blessed to get the opportunity to do it. I, I knew, I thought I knew going into it how hard the game was, but. You know, it, it'll it's a it's a really humbling humbling game. It'll well, it's harder in Boston where you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if you can play in Boston, I, I think you can pretty much play anywhere. Boston, New York, you know, the, it's where everything's magnified uh, by quite a bit, and it's it's part that's, that's that's part of the game. That's part of the reason why people play the game. You, you're going to struggle, and that's nobody wants to struggle. But when the struggles come, it's how it's how you take it and how you learn from it, and uh, you know that's that's the cool thing about. Being being older now and, and being around the group of guys that I'm around now, it's uh, got a, got a young a young crew of guys here, and if I can help in any way from my success in the past or my failures in the past, if I can try to preach a little bit about how to how to take it and, and what to look for and what not to look for, and go from there. Like that's 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 why I'm here, and that's that's what uh, that's what I'm hoping for this year. Were you surprised that you lasted in Boston as long as you did? Because, like, you, you know, you, we go back to, you talk about 2008 trade rumors. I mean, there was the Clay Buckles trade rumors every year. But especially the last couple of years, you had the Seattle situation, Wade Miley. We don't know if it's going to be you or him. And then, then obviously it comes last year. You take a look back. Were you surprised that you you actually ended up as long as you did there? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I really am. It's, uh, you know, it, I think... For the most part, whenever the trade rumors were coming up, it's when there was a point, a point in that scenario that I was struggling, and I feel like people that I was around for an extended period of time, the coach, the staff that was there for just my whole career, like I think I think they know how what I can do whenever I'm good, and if you're going to trade me when I'm doing bad, I don't think you're going to get you're not going to get what you what you need to get back from that, and that's uh, so I think that's why it took it took a while because. <laughs> The ups and downs were, were pretty dramatic, and uh, but like I said, there's always a point in time during every season that I'm going to go on a run, and that's uh, you know I felt like that was the case last year, second half of the season. It made a couple of adjustments, and and uh, you know made it made it work. Didn't didn't end up where we wanted to be, but you know still made still made the playoffs, still won the American League East, and. You know that's uh, that's something to be said about that. When they pick up your option, did you feel like either did you feel like that you were going to get traded, or do you feel like I'm they're picking up my options and I'm going to be part of this rotation? I felt like I was going to get traded. Like I mean, I felt like it was it was a long time coming. Uh, I knew the day that when they signed Chris Sale, like I knew that I was probably the odd man out. That's just the scenario that that popped up, and uh, and you thought you might be in that deal. Yeah, I mean, I thought if that if that was going to happen, I thought I was going to go somewhere involving in that trade, and you know that that wasn't the case. But you know, coming to a place like like this place, it's uh, this team's been really good in the past, and a lot of people think that this team's rebuilding. But for me coming in, looking from an outside perspective, there's there's a lot of good talent here, and uh, I've been on teams that aren't as talented as this team that we done we did pretty good you know so that's uh that's that's the way i'm looking at it i'm looking at it as a opportunity to to prove a lot of people wrong and that's what the veteran people in, in this clubhouse that's i think that's what we're trying to instill in, in, in everybody everybody that's sitting here right now so so when the sale deal is made 
you, I mean, we, there's seven starters, and you say, I'm going to get traded. What was that time period like between when you were actually traded? Uh, I didn't really think a whole lot about it. It was, you know. It, it just was what it was. It is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the business side of baseball, and for a team like the Boston Red Sox, they're they're going to try to put the best people on the field every day to win, and that's that's what they did. You know, I was I was the odd man out, and just talking to the guys out there today, like I I understand the whole scenario and, and why it went down and how it went down, and you know I, I appreciate everything that that organization did for me. They gave me they gave me a shot to to play in the big leagues, and you know sometimes I made the most of it, sometimes I didn't, and. Uh, I guess the best thing about the whole scenario is that I'm I'm still here. That's a good spot, man. It's it's like you know. Listen, I know that you you can't talk about contracts and free agency and future, but to me, this is this is a good spot for you. And as long as you feel good and you've like you said, you fixed some stuff over last year and National League, Philadelphia Phillies, right in the middle of the rotation. It's a good good situation for your career, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a. Uh... This game, this game, uh, it's like I said earlier. It's it's a humbling, humbling game, and I'm fortunate to be to be able to, to be a part of any team, regardless of where I'm at. It's getting to put on a big league jersey every day to go out there and and battle with with new teammates. It's uh, I think I think everybody has a has pretty much the same perspective on on playing baseball and and getting to do what we do for a living. And uh, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of this. It's good to see these guys. You guys. So I mean, this, this is another sort of milestone. Just look across the field and see the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of guys over there that I was around for a long time. Well, they didn't bring anyone here that you played with, anyway. You know, you know how these trips to Clearwater are. No, so I mean, I I got I got to see some of the guys that that I was really close with, and that's you know, uh, it's been a long time since it's I haven't been in the same clubhouse as them and coaching staff you know it's uh it, it's it's cool to see this is a it's a it's a different different view from the other side of the field that that uh not many people get to get to witness so i'm fortunate last question and thanks for taking up this much time the uh you know one of the things when like a chris sale comes in we say this all the time you, you nobody knows about playing in boston more than you so what advice would you give a guy like that? And I get it. You know, like he's his own guy or whoever, even Chris, whoever it is, a guy, new guy coming into Boston. Um, what advice would you give him? Because I always said you don't know how a guy is going to handle Boston until you face adversity. I mean, you faced adversity. You came out from facing adversity. Porcello is a guy who did that. What advice would you give to anybody who is coming into Boston for the first time? I mean, obviously – the guys that we're talking about are guys that are established and they know what they have to do. But on the flip side of that, you don't uh, you don't you don't know you don't know how it feels to to be in a situation until that situation arises. And I guess be be your be your own player, coach yourself. Know that the hard times are going to come. It's how you come out of the hard times. And I think uh, everybody over there is pretty mentally stable enough to. To do what they got to do, they got a great ball club, great guys, and uh, makes it a lot easier whenever the team is a family like like that team is over there. And that's uh, when you can pick each other up from from bad times and have the good times, and everybody comes together. That's uh, that's what makes this game so great is that everybody can come together on a on a simple simplified basis, and it's uh, 
it's, it's, a, it's a pretty neat experience. Well, thanks so much. It is bizarre looking at you right now. i got to be honest with you, seeing you in this uniform. But it's good catching up with you, Clay, and good luck this year. I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you, man. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaude Jr. Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meachin Studio. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.